and welcome to the Homeschooling Family Podcast by Teach Them Diligently. Here we discuss marriage, parenting, discipleship, homeschooling, and everything else that comes into play when you're following God's plan for your family. I'm Leslie Nunnery, and on today's podcast, I'm joined by Kim Sorges. We'll be discussing sibling relationships, and you're going to get some great insight and ideas about helping your children develop deeper relationships with those whom God has given them to be their brothers and sisters. We're so glad you're here. So let's dive right in. today with Kim Sorges of Not Consumed, and Kim and I are going to be talking a little bit about sibling relationships, and specifically, she's going to be telling us some of the things that we want to kind of be on guard about not doing as we are fostering sibling relationships. So, Kim, thank you for joining us. Can you tell everybody a little bit about your family dynamic so that they kind of know where you're coming from? I can. Thanks for having me. I am excited to be here. I have four kids. They range in age right now from 16 down to nine. Uh, We lose track, don't we? (laughs) um, I have two girls at the top and two boys at the bottom. And I am a single mom. We've been homeschooling since the beginning. And that's just a, a little synopsis there. So I'm going to actually pull a little bit more of a synopsis out because I know Kim very, very well. She's a dear friend of mine. She actually lives just down the street. Um, But of course, we can't be together right now. So we'll do it this way. But Kim's background is is pretty impressive. And I say this, I'm going to make you tell us this right now because she has a lot of other sessions beyond just what we're going to talk about today in Teach Them Diligently at Home. And I want everyone to know why they need to run to listen to those sessions as they come live. So what is your background? What do you bring to the table on this whole homeschooling and discipleship front? (laughs) Run. Um, Not running. I'm not a runner. Um, however, I am an educator at heart. I love teaching. I, I believe it is my spiritual gift. So that has been the place that God has had me for the last, let's see, 25 years or so, starting with little kids and things like that when I was in college. And then, you know, as, as I began to study, um, I have a master's in um, curriculum and educational design and then well, in reading as well. So that that's kind of where I come from educationally. I taught in the public school system for about 10 years before I started homeschooling with my nephew, actually, a couple of days after my oldest child was born. So I've actually been homeschooling literally 16 years <laughs> at this point. And she, yeah, so he came home because the school system was not quite doing what it needed to do for his needs. And so he came and was with me and has graduated now. So, well, that's awesome. So, so yeah, Kim has a lot of resources beyond just the nuts and bolts of homeschooling. 
And because of her background in curriculum, they are set up and designed in such a way that it is so easy to use. They're so intuitive. They're so helpful. So just a little plug before we dive into this content, go check out her stuff. She really has a gift and it will help your family. Um, She has a lot of Bible studies, hymn studies, devotional guides, all kinds of planners, all kinds of cool stuff over there. So I'll let you tell everybody where to go to find it all in a little bit. But for right now, let's go on and dive in to sibling relationships. You've been talking about sibling relationships now for a couple of two or three, four years at Teach Them Diligently. Mm-hmm. Why? Why did you start discussing that? What was kind of that, that, what made you start on that? Well, I have kids. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> and in the nunnery home, it seems that uh, the children are perfect and they don't fight or anything. Basically, but yeah. in the rest of the world, that's just the way it is. <laughs> So my kids, many years ago, actually, long before I started talking about sibling relationships, my kids just, you know, they were constantly doing the things that kids do, rubbing up against each other, not getting along, saying unkind things, not really thinking about each other, you know, all of the things you would actually expect from kids. And, you know, I thought there's no way that I'm going to accept this because I know God has a better plan. So I set out to decide to determine what the plan was first. And then I realized the only way my kids are going to understand this is if I teach them the better plan, because I can bark at them all day long. I can give them all of these things. I can tell them all these things. I can punish all I want. But if they don't understand God's perfect plan for their sibling relationship and how to navigate that his way, it's, it's going to all be just blah, 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 you yeah. know? And yeah. so that's kind of how it all got started. I started, I wrote a Bible study to get my kids in the word and, and learning that information. So, so I assume then that the jump off from writing it for your own kids to making it available for all of us was probably born out of conversations with moms or, you know, just what you were witnessing or something like that. Yeah, it pretty much was people who said, wait, you're doing what with your kids? How do I get that? I'm like, uh, I'm going to send you a Xerox. <laughs> <laughs> every you know, all good things so... start with a Xerox. Every good thing starts that way. Um, I mean, it was just chicken scratch on notepaper, you know. <laughs> and then I, I realized, okay, other people need this help. And they need, you know, this. And, you know, we... None of us should ever reinvent the wheel. We should right. always, you know, use the resources that our friends have come up with, I think. And so I'm like, okay, I'll share this and yeah, create it into a Bible study. And now we have quite a bit, you know, even supplemental beyond that. So. Wow. Well, Kim, for a few minutes, can you give us some insight? You know, I, you and I were talking beforehand and um, there's two ways to approach this. One would be kind of a positive way and, and you know, looking at all the positive things. But sometimes it's more instructive to look at the things that we do wrong and how we can learn from them. So could you give us a little, through your study, what are some of the things that as moms and dads in particular, you have found that we sometimes get a little awry? And, you know, how can we fix those and redirect those? So, all right, well, be ready to be baptized by fire. <laughs> I have nine quick ones that I'm going to share with you. The first one is is really just um, not having a mission statement, not having a purpose 
our goal with this, which I think is one of the biggest parenting mistakes I made in the early years. Even though I had read books and stuff, it I didn't sit down and say, well, what do I want and where do I want to go? And so that's the first thing. What do you want? How do you want this to look in your family? Um, then the second big mistake that I made was I set a negative tone in my home. And we all do this because we rightly believe that our job as parents is to train and instruct our kids. So we start training and instructing them constantly. Sit down, don't lean here, don't lick that, you know, all the things, right? And it's always don't, 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 you know, whatever. And so all the siblings in the house are hearing all of these negative things about each other constantly because they're hearing us correct and redirect and train and stuff like that. I realized if they don't have any positive things to say to each other, it's my fault because I'm not giving them any positive things. So I got really intentional about the things that I was saying to my kids specifically, and then just giving them ideas, writing them down, you know, keeping giving myself ideas sometimes too, writing them in my prayer journal so that I had some more positive things to say. And it wasn't all just, you know, nagging at them yeah. about things. Yeah. Yeah. So number two, <laughs> um, the third one is uh, the one we're all guilty of fail to supervise and schedule things sometimes. And really, like I'm I'm actually a little on the militant side. I'm pretty organized. Minigram eight slash one. So I like that kind of thing. But what would happen to me is things, you know, my life is very busy. I work from home full time, always involved in things, trying to homeschool four kids, and it's just me. So, you know, and things get a little crazy. And and especially right now in the situation we're in, your kids are stir crazy. Yeah. They've been in the house for weeks and they need you to intervene here and there and say, hey, let's come up with some new ideas. Let's go on Pinterest and get a board jar and, you know, fill it with some ideas of some things that you can do. Let's pursue this. Let's, you know, let's work on a schedule for your day. Let's do you know, something just to give them some more tools because, you know, they, they need a little bit more guidance from us right now. Yeah. Uh, I used to love when my kids were really little, I used to do lots of theme days. And if you have, the, you know, ability in your life, in your space, in your life right now to do that, it's a great idea. Yeah. And I don't mean like you have to go to the store and buy a bunch of stuff or whatever. I mean, just like really simple things like, declare that today is Lego day and every kid in your house will be like, Oh, I mean, I'm doing this. And then like have all these Lego competitions and just do these things that are like focused on one thing that you already have. And you'd be amazed what a theme does to your life. It's just fun. Just fun. Well, and actually just kind of jumping in on that point, we used to do a lot of those when the kids were younger and you know, my kids now are, I've got three taking college classes. So my control over their days are quite limited just, I think it was yesterday, my 20 year old came in and said, I'm declaring today an upside down day. We just got to flip this on its head. And we used to have upside down days all the time, but we haven't talked about them for years. And, you know, it was so actually really kind of fun to have Camden come down and just, I'm declaring it an upside down day because something had to give. So those theme days, those fun things that you do actually really stick with them and inject fun even into their older years. And it, it doesn't have to be like really hard stuff. I mean, yeah. it could be today is red day. Today is backwards day. Today is pajama day. And I mean, whatever it is, like just make it, 
just simple, but you name it something and suddenly they're like, this is really cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's amazing how that works. I know. So, yeah. <laughs> all right. Number four, this one I didn't actually do, um, but my mom did. And so I learned a very valuable lesson from her. Thank you, mom. Um, <laughs> label things and teach your kids that they own stuff. Bad idea. Really bad idea. I teach my kids. Everything belongs to God. He gave it to me to give to you. Even he gave me the money. He gave me the job. Everything belongs to God. We are simply the managers of these things that God has given us. And so the word mind just does not belong in our vocabulary. It just doesn't. And so when we, we get into that and and that, that doesn't have to be toys, you know, for, for, for my sister and I, it was toys. And I remember my mom, like literally labeling, we have the same initials because she thought that was a good idea. I learned that lesson too. Not a good idea. We had the same initials. So it was KDB1, KDB2, literally on every toy we had to keep us, you know, keep them apart from my sister and I. Oh my. And, you know, it's a bad idea. Don't get into that. You know, there's no assigned seat at the table. There's no assigned seat in the car. Everything belongs to all of us. And we need to be sharing all of those yeah. things. And that really plays forward when, when you instill that kind of a, it, it's a giving attitude, really, that that mm-hmm. looking at things not as my own really is, is instilling in them, not just looking at themselves. I mean, it, it goes so far beyond just things because then all of a sudden their time is not their own. And they're, you know, they, they recognize that there are other people in this world besides just them and that, you know, the first round of defense there are their siblings that they they get to to practice that selflessness on. That's right. That's right. All right. Number five, celebrate. The, the, the wrong thing that I did was I celebrated academics over the unique giftedness of my kids. And this is, man, this is just something the world tears us up on. And, you know, there there is a value in having an academic standard. There's a value in having neat handwriting. There's a value in having, you know, A's on a test or being graded algebra or whatever. But there is also a deep, incredible value in knowing how to play the piano, in um, singing beautifully, in making friends easily, in being a helper. You know, all of those things that God has uniquely gifted our kids in, we have to be really careful that we're not exonerating, particularly the academic things, or really anything, <laughs> and that we're actually pointing out those unique giftednesses, you know, in our kids. Yeah. And I think in homeschool, this one is tricky because we, we know this in our heads. Like, we know, no way, I would never do that. But then what we forget is, because we're all sitting at the table together, sometimes we we accidentally pit our kids against each other. And I've done this. I had all of my kids take a diagnostic spelling test one time. Stupid, stupid choice. <laughs> because what I did was I showed my children where their weaknesses were. And I showed one of my middle children how one of her younger brother's was not was was able to do spelling better than her and she felt this big and I thought ah that was not what I meant to do you know so be very careful about that group you know I mean I'm all about group (laughs) you have to but just be careful the way you're presenting that with your kids and that you're not pitting them against each other as in you know if you can't spell you're not good enough kind of thing we can just be really really careful with that Yeah. Well, and again, just to kind of play on something that you just said there, having as as most of the people watching most of the Teach Them Diligently families, we have 
more than even average children. We have, you know, I have four, you have four, and, you know, we joke that we're among the smaller families. So it is a group mentality, but it's really important for us as parents to know our children as individuals. And that takes getting in there and really, really um, spending the time to get to know them so that you avoid those situations where you're inadvertently pitting them against each other. So, you know, unlike a classroom, we have the opportunity to just sit down right beside one and, and really deep dive with them. And that's a, that's a real blessing of being a homeschool mom, a mom in general, but, you know, in this context, a homeschool mom. Yeah. And so much of it comes from the way we frame it. It, it would have been okay to have sat there and all done a spelling thing together and a bit on different levels. But we just have to be very careful that we're encouraging constantly, that we're bringing up the things that this child is really good at. And wow, look at how she did that. That was amazing. And not just pointing out the academic part. It's just so natural for us to just accidentally harp on those academic things. It just really is. Yeah. One of the things we do for both this and the setting the tone thing is at night at dinner time, we always bless one person. It's usually the person. We also have a person who's assigned to pray every night because it's just easier. <laughs> so we have a person who's assigned to pray. That's the person we bless. And we'll go around the table and we just like, celebrate them. We're like, I love how you do this. I love this about you. You know, whatever. And give them compliments and, you know, around the table. And we even do that with guests sometimes when they come over, we make them the the person that we get to bless, which is really fun. Oh, that's an awesome idea. Really, really cool. Helping your kids look for the best in the others, but also helping the others remember how God has really blessed them uniquely. So that's that's a pretty cool idea. All right, number six, don't be the referee. You are not Judge Judy. It never ends well. It never ends well. So your job, first of all, don't save the day. Let, unless there's blood or something, then, you know, obviously if somebody's going to die, you need to spend, but <laughs> otherwise don't save the day, let your kids learn conflict resolution because yeah. they need those skills desperately. So let them learn it, teach them things, not in the moment when things are hot, but later, particularly to look at their part in the situation and look at what they can do to fix it. Not like, what did the other person do to me? But what could I have done to keep the peace in this situation? Because the Bible doesn't call us to get our rights. It calls us to make peace. And so what could I have done to make peace? Not what I right or wrong. And then also teach them to walk away. Because there's so many times when an entire problem could have been resolved by just walking away, going into another room, finding another solution. And that's the biggest thing that you can do. As a person, that's the biggest thing you can do in a situation is to say, you know, that doesn't really matter to me. I'm not going to get into that. But if we don't teach our kids that, the world is teaching them the exact opposite thing. You have rights. You need to demand them. Nobody should be wronging you. But that's not what the Bible says. It's exactly the opposite. Okay, number seven, don't use arbitrary consequences for your kids when they're fighting or doing things like that. Um, particularly, can. can you say that one yes. again? You broke up just a little bit and I didn't even hear it. So what's number seven? Okay. Number seven, this is not seven. Um, <laughs> use, don't use arbitrary consequences when there's a, a situation that arises. Yeah. 
and don't use ones that will hurt your kid's relationship. Um, I'm mostly talking about separation. Separation is not the cure for a sibling squabble because you've just hurt their relationship. You've divided them. We have to mend the relationship, not divide it. So be very careful about that. Arbitrary consequences would be things like timeouts, grounding, restriction, all of that. We want to use logical consequences. I have a post on my blog with a ton of logical consequences ideas, but I'll give you a quick one for sibling relationships, which is generally what people fight with the most often. (laughs) Um, Kids like to say nasty things to each other. They just go back and forth and they just get into it verbally. I find that boys are even worse about this. I don't know if your boys are worse about this, but man, the back and forth, uh, you know, anyway, One day when my boys were doing that, I took my phone, I set a timer for five minutes, and I said, I see that you're having trouble with kind words. So we're going to practice kind words. I'm going to set the timer for five minutes. You are going to go back and forth taking turns saying kind words. If you stop, I will reset the timer. Go. (laughs) (laughs) They were mortified. So, you know, the first time I did that, um, it's only taken like three times, and they pretty much, they just won't do it anymore because they know that that's really not what they want to have to do. (laughs) But... I've taught them that if your words are negative, you need to replace them with something positive. So instead of severing the relationship, I'm putting it back together. So watch for things like that. Number eight, um, you know how they say families who pray together stay together? They say that about families who play together too. (laughs) And I find that so often, you know, families are separate. They're just doing all their own things all the time. And some of that is just, you know, it it really is the world's model of things. And so we got to be really careful about that. I think it's okay for people to have their own interests and things. You know, I have some kids that do things that other kids don't like, but we still need to be invested in that. Mm -hmm. Meaning one of my daughters is, you know, does plays. I would never let her siblings come to the play and like play on their iPad the whole time because they need to be invested in supporting her. So yeah. be careful with the message that you send with to your kids about that, that we're, we're, we're here to support each other. We love supporting each other, whether it's a sporting event or a play or a Bible quiz is another thing that we do. You know, like we want to help, you know, we want to support each other. That goes for um, serving too, like serving together as a family, doing fun things as a family, like all of those things will build a relationship. It's just like any other relationship. Um, the more you put into it in the positive ways, the more it's going to be positive all the time. I think of that example. Oh, it was the I think it was from the Love Languages book where they talk about like filling up your tank. You know, if you're filling up your family, your family has a tank, too. So if you're constantly filling up your family's tank with good memories and fun times and sweet things and, you know, and I don't mean you have to do anything crazy. It's just like, well, you can do crazy things. That's fine. But you don't have to do anything that's, you know, laborious. Okay. Just, just do something a little fun. Do something a little off, a little like, you know, eat dinner under the table. I mean, just, just randomly odd things. Your kids will never forget. Never forget. Um, were you saying something, Leslie, before I go to number nine? No, I was writing. I was writing. Someone just asked if there was a printout of this list. I assume you probably have such a thing. So I can find one. She's got it. You'll Xerox it for you. It's all good. It's I'll, scribbled on a napkin I'll, somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Last but not least, most important, um, because I always say the best for last, right? 
don't neglect to teach your kids what the Bible says. And we kind of started with this, but I want to end back, you know, circle back here because it's so important that our kids know what the Bible says. If we don't teach them what the Bible says, all of the things that we're teaching right now will be questioned and eventually will just become not really that important to them. We want to make sure that they know what the Bible says about their sibling relationships. Yeah. The few things that I share, one is my favorite verse, which is Proverbs 17, 17. I love that verse because it says a friend uh, loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. So we actually have t-shirts that we made that say, um, a sibling is one who has your back. And that's exactly what that verse means. When, you, when life is tough, that's what your siblings are there for. And, you know, they're the ones who stick close to you. And we want to send that message instead of the message that the world is sending. And your siblings are wonderfully made in God's image, which is something that we forget a lot. So that's another message. Both of those messages are found in our Bible study, um, which is sadly sold out right now. So I'll just go ahead and burst your bubble. Um, but you can do it digitally. <laughs> Oh, your siblings are your first mission field, which Leslie already mentioned. That's the third thing. And then the fourth thing would be that loving your siblings is an, an act of obedience to God. It's not an option. It's not something you could just feel like doing. God has commanded you to love not just your siblings, but all people. And that, that that's like the second most important thing he's commanded you to do. Yeah. Loving him is the first. So we have to make sure that that is one of our priorities. It's the thing that we're, you know, focused on. And, and it is not just an extra. And, and the, the lies that the world tells you that, you know, you can never get along and all of that are not acceptable. That is not in line with what the Bible says. No. And you know, a couple of things that, you know, just were popping into my head as you were talking, well, a lot of stuff popped into my head, but I'll refrain. But a couple of things that I really did want to key on is number one, as parents, everything that she has said, it, it really has to start in our own heart. We have to be drawing nearer to the Lord so that we can model relationships for our children that we want them to have with each other. So if we are constantly fighting with other people, if we're constantly talking bad about other people, if our assumption about other people is always bad, then um, that's how could we possibly expect anything different out of our children? So as parents, we have got to model kindness and consideration and sincerity for our children because they watch everything that we do. Um, and then the second thing that I really wanted to tack on here was you know, we have always taught our children that you know, their siblings are their best friends for life. When everybody else is gone and moves on, these people are connected forever. And that's that's a really cool thing. I've got my 20-year-old is actually, he's been in here like trolling me the whole time, but he's sitting there just nodding his head at me right now. No, come on now. But they, they really are, as Kim will attest, they really are incredibly close. And that is built... Through years of just, hey, these you're stuck with these people. Enjoy it because they are the coolest people you could ever be stuck with. So those those would be kind of the two little kind of tack-ons that I would have there at the end is, is really how we model it and just give your kids a high view of their relationship. Yeah, I actually tell my kids, your siblings are better than a best friend. They're even better. It's like a higher level. That verse in Proverbs 17, 17, that's exactly where it puts the sibling relationship. There's a best friend and the best friend loves at all times. And it's an awesome relationship. But then there's a brother yeah. and a sister. Relationship, and it's even higher. It's even better than a best friend. Like you said, it's for life. 
it's for life. And so it's such a treasure. Yep. Yep. And like you alluded to a little bit ago, Kim, the world is is telling us the complete opposite uh, opposite of that all the time. And this is just another example of how we're going against the current. And yet our children in our home, what they're hearing is what they're really absorbing. And we have such an opportunity to change what they view, you know, they we not allow media to give them their view of, of family, not allow sitcoms or whatever to do that. But rather, as we pass on God's truth to them, we can we can really direct how they look at family and, and how they look at their siblings and, and their relationships with their parents. I mean, it's all the fingers that go along with that. Yes. In fact, you know, a couple of years ago, I wanted to link, you know, on Facebook to a shirt for siblings because I thought that would be really fun to just, you know, hey, let's celebrate siblings because it was, you know, something I had been talking about a lot and I had written this Bible study. And so I went to look on Amazon, you know, because that's where you go for everything, right? Everything. The source of all wisdom right there and stuff. Except right now because you can't get anything till like May. I know. But anyway. <laughs> So, you know, I, I go to, to look for this shirt, this sibling shirt, and I was disgusted. I was so appalled because there was literally nothing, not a single positive message about siblings out there at all. They were so awful. And I, I won't even share any. They were just yeah. so awful. The, the message that people are, you know, willing to wear on their bodies about their siblings. And I thought... We have got to change this. We have got to raise a generation of people who say, no, this is my best friend, my share of dreams. This is my, you know, the person who has my back. This is the most important relationship. And uh, yeah, I mean, that that really, it, right. The message is just so wrong and we need to turn it upside down for sure. Yeah. And being a little bit farther down the road than than you are and then a lot of the the people that we minister to are, you start seeing the power of those shared experiences. And we know it, you know, Kristen and I have all these private jokes and stuff. Kristen's my sister, you know, all these things that we remember growing up and I can say the most obscure thing and we're dying laughing or whatever, because we have this shared history. They don't have that same shared history with anybody else in the world. And it's so cool that they will always have those those memories, those experiences, all of that stuff to share with those people that God has put so close to them. That's right. And you know what? That reminds me of something that I wanted to mention that I usually tell people at the beginning. My two oldest children could not be more polar opposite. And usually people think that that's not going to be the case. That, you know, siblings, they just they like all the same things and whatever. No, they literally if you name one thing, the oldest likes the second child. No. <laughs> Not interested, like polar opposite in every way. Even their hot hair and eye color. Yes, totally opposite. They, they, their friends are different. Everything about them is different. One's an introvert. One's an extrovert. I'm mean, could go on for like 30 minutes. They're so different. And and you know sometimes we think that's the only way you can be friends with someone is finding those things. And I find that often parents are discouraged because those are the kids who fight the most. They, I mean, there's no question about it because there's so much to fight about. Everything is different. She wants her room clean. She wants her room messy. You know, like it's so different. And so we have to remind those children that even if they are you know polar opposites, even if they are different in every way, that's not what builds a friendship. Yeah. What builds friendship is our relationship in Christ. It's not the things that we like in common because those things come and go. 
as life goes on. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I had a question and it left me. So I apologize. <laughs> I had something on the tip of my tongue. Um, is there anything we are we are out of time here today? But is there anything else that you would you know kind of in passing? Where can they find you? You know what else? What tell us your other sessions too for teach them diligently at home so that they know what to be on the lookout for. Um, we have quite a few actually that we've given some from um, previous years and some from um, that we are planning to do this year, which are all new. So this year we're talking about one of them is to teach and not to teach. So we're talking about just laying that foundation of vision in your homeschool for exactly what you should be teaching. So there are no gaps and how to, you know, just make sure that um, you're covering what is most important. And I'll give you a hint. It's probably not what you think. <laughs> and so that's what that session is about. There's one about responsibility and accountability um, and just teaching your kids to take the reins for not just education, but, you know, life skills and training and growth and all of those things that they need to be working towards. Um, we have one on um, teaching your kids how to have devotions and, you know, spending time with the Lord, which is one of my favorite things to talk about because it was something I was never taught and something often people are not taught. Yeah. And so I think it's very, very important that we teach our kids that and give them those resources. Um, let's see. Those, so those are the new ones for this year. Then some some oldies but goodies that we've had in previous years, if you've missed those or if you need a refresher like me, um, <laughs> because I, you probably do. <laughs> And then let's see, resources. Well, there's lots of resources, but I will tell you, sibling-wise, I did mention that the sibling Bible study is sold out, but we do have our sibling journal. It's actually sitting here. This is kind of the next step with a brand new product this year, which is the sibling challenge game. Cool. This is really cool. Those are in stock. So that's something you can grab, even the t-shirt. I ended up, I didn't tell you this, but I ended up making a t-shirt because I was so disgusted. I was like, we have to change this. So I made a t-shirt. <laughs> so we do have a few things. And of course you can get them digitally and then uh, you know, lots and lots of other and resources, as you so graciously mentioned at the beginning. So lots of them. Yep. Yep. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been fun. If with that sibling challenge in mind, what is one thing, and I'm totally putting you on the spot here. We're all stuck at home. Mm -hmm. What would be one thing that you would challenge everybody watching right now do with your siblings today or tomorrow, you know, something or with your kids rather. Sorry. With your siblings or with your kids? That's two different questions. Okay. So, <laughs> all right. So what would you get your children to do as part of a, like one okay. thing, one activity, one project to start, just like the starter set? All right. So a couple weeks ago, we did a sibling challenge and we actually had like five days of these kinds of challenges. And I'll tell you the number one that everybody loved the most that I felt like was just so rich was to challenge your kids to serve hmm. and look for ways to serve, like specific ways, you know, to fix each other a drink or to, you know, you know, do one of their chores, something like that. So that would be, if you take one challenge, that's the one that I would do and challenge them to serve, find some way in the next 24 hours to serve each one of their siblings, especially if they're the older ones, if they're the younger ones, there might be too many that might be overwhelming, but each person can be served. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. So 
So go and see if you can implement that with your kiddos and then stand in awe of what they come up with to do because it always amazes me when I get peeks into the heart of my children. It is a, it's a really cool thing when they are really loving investing in other people. And this is, this is a way to really help them key into that loving to invest in other people. So Kim, thank you so much for joining us and everybody else who's been watching. Thank y'all for joining us. And we will, I guess, see everybody soon, right? Absolutely. It's been fun. <laughs> All right. See you later, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Teach Them Diligently podcast. We believe that every family is called to teach them diligently. So we're here to help. We would love to get to know you on site at one of our many events each year and throughout the year when you become part of the Teach Them Diligently 365 community. Go to www.teachthemdiligently.net forward slash podcast to get more details and resources to encourage and equip your family. While you're there, you can also pick up the show notes and additional information from today's show. It's our daily prayer that God will encourage and equip your family through Teach Them Diligently, and we'd love to hear from you. Send us a note or share your stories with us on social media with the hashtag WeTTD. God is doing great things within His families all around the world, and we would love to celebrate that with you. We'd also love to have you join us by subscribing to our podcast and then sharing it with a friend who could use a little encouragement as they too follow God's plan for their family. Hope you have a fantastic rest of your day, and I look forward to visiting with you again real soon.